guys, welcome to episode three of Mental Health Hour, the podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Kayla. And I'm about to kill her. Do you know what just happened? 15 <laughs> minutes we recorded <laughs> to realise that Brainy Box here never plugged in the microphone cable. I'm so sorry. You will be. I'm really sorry. Great to have you back, guys. Great to have you back. Not so much about her, okay? Yeah. <laughs> So thank you so much to everyone for the lovely feedback on last week's podcast. Um, Kate, I think you have some of it, do you? I do. Um, Alison said she brought us for a jog this week. Um, I really don't know if we'd make the jog go easier or harder. I don't know. I'd love to hear <laughs> whether we helped or just made it more difficult. I knew I lost a bit of weight this week, but I wasn't sure why. <laughs> so I reckon it's because she brought me for the jog. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Jennifer Reedy said she was weak at the thought of me and nature so cheers Jennifer I appreciate that um Jennifer's a trainer so she gives classes on compassionate compassionate fatigue even so she's always busy and she said that she loves that she can use the podcast to catch up on what she's missed during the hour mm-hmm. uh Ronan Dusty said the podcast was great and that it broke his heart laughing in the first couple of minutes so I'm assuming where that was where we were kind of tearing the heads off each other probably but I'm going to break everyone else's heart um this is cue the slow music here. Poor Kayla has been very, very under the weather this week. I have. Very under the weather. Um, unfortunately, for life-saving reasons, we couldn't send her out <laughs> into the, the bleak, wild. wild wilderness. So we're going to have postponed that update until next week. Okay. Um, on the plus side, since she's developed this severe flu, <laughs> she loves her voice. I and do. all day I'm listening to the big brother. Go on, do it. Yeah, but I just, I want to put it across, I will do it, but I want to put it across, doesn't it make you like, do you know that episode of Friends where Phoebe like records a load of songs because she has a head cold and she thinks it makes her sound sexy? I get it like. You think you sound sexy? No, I just think I sound sexier than usual, like you know that kind of, do you know Janine in EastEnders, that kind of raspy uh, voice, I think that's so sexy sounding. The Jenny Green voice? Yeah. Yeah, sexy out her eyes. It is yeah. like, it's a little mm-hmm. bit raspy. So it's just really fun to say things like, Do the big brother. 6.40 a.m. I just Lads, think it's really funny. Are you able for it? <laughs> oh my God. I just get such a kick out of it. I don't know why I bother hanging around with you because I'm enough of a laugh for myself, really. <laughs> oh you are, you forget to plug in the microphone cable, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've so much lined up this week for Mental Health Hour. Um, with the I Am Living With series, which kicks off tonight with Jay Rowe. Um, last night we had Walk In My Shoes and next weekend we have Professor Jim Lucy. My God, we had so such a exciting. busy week. Yeah, really busy week. Um, and last night was just, it was so busy. It was it just was. brilliant. Um, and the theme for World Mental Health Day is mental health in the workplace. And it's actually something very close to my heart. And I came across an article in the Huffington Post, the UK one yesterday. And... Uh, they basically have done research and they found that three in five employees say they have experienced mental health issues because of their job. Because of their job. Because of right, their okay. job. Yeah. Now, 3,000 employees they actually interviewed. Well, that's, yeah, I suppose you're definitely yeah. going to get a fair kind of a an outcome after that, aren't you? Yeah, completely, completely. Um, and I know you'd something you wanted to say. Yeah, I wanted to add. Um, and again, like I say, I don't like bringing really serious things to the podcast so soon in because we are only on episode three, but I think it's really important we just talk about this and highlight it. You're like evil Knievel, so it's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. I am pretty morbid, but um, I'm sure lots of people have heard, maybe some of you haven't, that there was a massive tragedy in Brazil last week. Um, 
were a security guard. He was working in a nursery school. Um, he ended up killing a lot of children there and, and the teacher. And so I was kind of reading this and I was reading different articles on Facebook and stuff, which I tend not to do because anything you read on Facebook, let's be real, can be just ridiculous. But there was one comment I was scrolling through and I found and it said, now these, I just want to clarify, these are not my words. This is what was written in the comment. I'm not going to say her name or anything, but it was other countries have regulations in place. So those with mental illness or instability or criminal convictions are not working in childcare or vulnerable people care. So she's putting mental illness and criminal convictions in the one category. In the same sentence. How can she do that? I wanted to bring it here because I was so angry when I read this, Katrina. Honestly, I was really, really angered and frustrated. And I can feel anger building in me again. So Mm. I'm not going to stay on it for too long. But what I want to say about that comment I wouldn't even call it a comment, is it's the very definition of stigma. Congratulations, woman. You have actually given us the definition of stigma in one quick sentence. And I hope that anybody who's read your comment uses it as an example, young people especially, of what not to grow up to be. Yeah, it's a poorly educated, you know... Oh my goodness, like... Ignorant comment to make. And the thing I want to say as well, just off the back of that, is there's such, there's a very real difference, right, between people suffering with mental ill health and an evil person. Mm -hmm. I want to say that they're not in the same sentence, they're not in the same category, they're not even on the same planet. No. So when you see, you know, and it's frustrating me lately, it's like the new thing, you know, when you see these mass shootings in America and stuff. The first thing you see, and this isn't just from news outlets, this is coming from people from their own personal accounts as well as, oh, mental illness must have been a factor. Oh, the shooter was on meds for mental illness. The shooter was this, the shooter was that. No, hang on a second, rewind. The shooter was evil. Yeah. No matter what the reasons, political, religion, just plain because you felt like it, it's evil. Yeah. It's not Mental illness shouldn't be a comfort now, and I, and I never say this. Mental illness is always a conversation we should be having. Mental health, mm-hmm. but that's not the place to have it. No, but even if you look at the tabloids and the papers over the last week or so, it's all headlines like that. Yeah, and it's cheap headlines. It is. It's cheap headlines. You're right. You're hitting the nail on the head. It is cheap headlines because mental health is in the media so much lately, and rightly so. I think that can only ever be a good thing, except in these circumstances. Why is it that when a person who is not white commits an atrocity like this, we're saying, oh, they were born evil or they were made evil. Look at all the criminal convictions they had. Oh, everybody knew this was going to happen. They were scumbags. They were this, they were that. Yet when the person was white, they were suffering from mental health issues. No, no. If you are capable of doing something like that, that is not... Your mental health is not, I'm not going to say it's not a factor. It's not what drives you to do that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's something within you. Let's say Charles Manson, you know, Ted Bundy, all the really famous serial killers, infamous, I should say, really, serial killers. It was never brought up, you know, like a serial killer. Oh, mental health. We never heard about it then. But when somebody kills a lot of people in a small period of time, so like over an hour, 
oh, all of a sudden it must be mental health. But when somebody does it over the course of a few years, yeah, it's their evil. Mm-hmm. You know, let's be realistic. And I hope, I really hope, and I never say this, but I hope that somebody replied to that woman and actually put her back in her box mm. with that comment because I just thought it was so disgusting. And usually I would reply, but I was so frustrated. I shut down Facebook for the whole night. I just couldn't. I was really angry. Well, I'm really personally insulted by that because yeah. she's saying, right, me as someone that has mental illness and is studying social care, can we just say? Yeah. Yeah. And also swim teacher. She's saying that I am incapable and unsuitable and are possibly going to be a criminal. So wow. I shouldn't be next or near anyone vulnerable or a ch- children. Yeah. Wow. That is the most naive statement and stupid statement I've Ignorant. ever heard. Ignorant. That's the word. Yeah. And as well as that, there was a point I was going to make it's gone in my head. It's okay. I got your back. Um, another thing I'd say about that is because I've worked with young people for so many years and I studied youth and community development work and I've been working with young people for many, many years. To say that, and I know for a fact that some of my colleagues over the years have have had struggles, so maybe had anxiety, depression, postnatal depression. To say that those colleagues that I loved so much and learned so much from, I mean, so many of those colleagues when I was younger took me under their wing and said, Mm -hmm. Kayla, well, you know what, you might have done that a little bit wrong. We all make mistakes. I'm going to show you the right way. Follow my example. I know these people. And they only ever, ever, and I can't believe we even have to clarify this. I can't believe I have to say this. They only ever had the welfare. Of course. Of that child or young person in mind. And they would, I know these people. And to say something like that, how dare you insult my colleagues and my professional mentors like that? How dare you? Totally. And as someone that's been in the vulnerable seat, this is what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. You truly appreciate Someone who has lived experience of what you're going through. Absolutely. And for a child, they sense it off you. And the elderly, the the vulnerable, they all sense it off you, whether you're being true, whether you've had experience, whether, you know, it's from our low, our lows that we learn the greatest, you know, and we learn and we we gain the greatest gifts. So look, we won't go on too much more on that, but it's just to say, look, there is stigma there in it. And the reason it's close to my heart is because, and I haven't really said very much publicly about this, but the reason for my, what triggered my depression and anxiety was workplace bullying. And this year, after five years of court cases, um, extreme frustration, I finally won the constructive dismissal case, thankfully. And the reason I took that um, was because I believe this shouldn't happen to one more person. And it wasn't that there was a financial gain, which there was never my motive, and thankfully wasn't, because they wriggled out of that as well. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I wanted to prove what you did was wrong. And for me, I disclosed how I was feeling, that, look, I'm extremely anxious, you know, all this. Um, I was then sent to a company doctor. Company doctor treated me like, in my opinion, crap. Mm-hmm. Um, I came out even more upset than I went in. And I knew nothing until I was sent home because they, um, I was on a small dose of a relaxing tablet to calm yeah. my anxiety. I was sent home because I was told I was a health and safety hazard. Now, that's wow. the type of stigma you're dealing with in this day and age. And I felt there and then when I packed up my boxes after fighting tooth and nail for three years, um, you know, that fight, I felt it had to be done. And it wasn't for me. It was for everyone else that's going through it. And the amount of people that have come forward since and said, I'm going through this. Or, you know, I read different articles and I might message someone privately and say, look, I've been through it, you'll get through this. And what I want to say to you is, if you're going through it today, first of all, talk to people. 
tell people what's going on tell your friends you know um you will get through this and yeah. you know at this point it is probably a good time to mention as well if you do need um someone to talk to the samaritans are there mm-hmm. it's a free phone number 116123 isn't it yeah um and you know definitely reach out and that's from anywhere so if you're listening from the uk or whatever it's still the same number you can go ahead and ring them completely completely now we're going to move off that topic um and what i want to talk about next is more upbeat and it's about um journaling actually okay yeah so journaling is something that i personally adore and i think it's a great release it's a great outlet so we asked people on last night's hour do you journal or use expressive writing daily and if so what does it do for you So Grow Ireland tweeted, in Grow we have gratitude progress journals to encourage reflection and writing. Progress becomes evident when looking back. I think that's lovely. That is a nice, yeah. Yeah. It's a nice thought, yeah. You can reflect on it and you can say, okay, well this week this is how I felt and, you know, um, I just think it's it's really great. At the author therapist said, yes, I have kept a journal for years. It helped make sense of my thoughts in my head, seeing them in print. Now those thoughts are in a book. How beautiful is that? That's absolutely lovely. fabulous yeah yeah um alison farma said if feeling stressed i get a big piece of paper and write relax anything else that comes into the head gets written around it then i bin it phew okay so that's cool it's kind of like a thing she uses to bring her into the present moment yeah yeah cool yeah and the final one i'm going to read out is from she who bakes um and she said i have a q a a day book which I fill in every evening I really enjoy it I also blog that's been a great help and I know we have so many bloggers following we have so, so many, many bloggers yeah. and you know what each one is as good as the other they're all just fantastic they're brilliant and it's just such a great there's something about putting it down on concrete on paper some people burn what they write mm-hmm. others save it to put into their books um, there's just so many different like you were saying did you is it something you've ever done um, personal journaling no um, but last year in college I was studying youth and community development work in UCC and as part of our modules we had we actually were forced to do a reflective journal um, and it's something I was dreading doing because I'm not the type of person to sit down and put all yeah. my thoughts onto paper it's just not me um, but after being forced to do it I can tell you professionally it helped me leaps and bounds because I know now and I still do you know what I have still actually kept them so if I'm doing something and something resonates with me through working with young people, I can go, okay, well, to get a bit of perspective, let's go back into my journals yeah, and see how I felt at that time and how far I've come now. Um, and it just kind of shows me that, like, I mean, as a college student last year, I wasn't 19, you know, I went back to college um, and I'm now 26. So it, it, it's not that we can't make mistakes. It shows that at 26, I'm still learning every single day. Yeah. Um, and it was a great help to me and I really enjoy doing it, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's brilliant. There's something about getting it off your mind onto paper and what you decide to do with it after that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. was the documentary that's airing tomorrow night. What documentary? On RT2. Oh, have you not heard about it? It's uh, Vogue Williams is doing it. It's Vogue? Called, yeah, Go Vogue, yeah. yeah. No, I swear. Um, and it's called... Uh, what's it called oh my god oh my god I'm delighted you got oh my, god, I've been my talking, anxious life my anxious life I was going to yeah. say my anxiety in my life how silly am I and my brain has gone dead that would have been an awful title but I'm fairness. talking yeah. about it all week like and I just blanked there but yeah so Katrina our mm-hmm. very own Katrina is featuring in this documentary RT2 tomorrow night at 10 and my could bag. be 5 past 10 and Katrina's bag but I have a question 
that I mm. want to ask. You're smiling now, which yeah. is making me bloody nervous. I'm smiling because you give me an awful rap. You do. You give me an awful doing. And there's mm. something around this documentary that you never thought anybody would find out. But I'm going to bring it. What is it? I have a question. Don't look at my notes. Bloody sweat here. <laughs> Go on. Be honest with the public. <sighs> Did you steal something from RTE2? How do you mean? What did you steal? <laughs> I did. What did I steal again? I know what you stole. <laughs> oh, yes. It's actually outside in the windowsill. <laughs> I know it is. Okay, right. Um, disclaimer, you left it after you, RT2. <laughs> the top off my microphone came off and I may have snuck it into my pocket. It's this little <clears throat> bit of fluff, guys, right? So, And it's black and it's quite hairy. So you can imagine making a cup of tea in the kitchen when it's when it's dark outside and it's quite a dark room in general and you see this black fluffy thing on the windowsill it nearly gave me a stroke I thought it was a mouse <laughs> on the window I seriously I nearly collapsed um, but yeah you thought you were going to get away with it with that one so now that I'm going to be in jail for the filming of the or for the broadcasting <laughs> of the documentary lovely thanks for that Kayla you're, you're so great. welcome you're great yeah so how are you feeling about it are you nervous are you excited bloody nervous really yeah really okay. nervous um, I'm delighted, I suppose, in the fact that, you know, um, my great friend Mally Coyne is going to be in it as well. Fantastic. Um, and it's it's lovely to have done that together, even though we were filming yeah. separately. Oh, that's a really yeah. nice thing. You'll kind of have that. And I know it sounds cliche, but it's a documentary. So once it airs, it airs and it's out there forevermore. Yeah. Um, and it's lovely that you'll have that memory even together in a few years time. You can look back and you can go, yeah, we did that. Yeah, completely. I'm yeah. delighted I've done it. Very nervous, I suppose. And, you know, I wouldn't be a self-conscious person about what people think, but I am nervous because it's just the contents of the bag for me. OK, you know, is, well, it's is a, a very thing. personal thing, but I know how nervous you are. And, and I know we people usually laugh at us because we're always having the banter and slagging each other. But uh, just to get mm. serious for a minute. I know it's going to be fantastic. I know it is because I know you and I know you're fantastic. But no matter your fears, I can tell you now, you have the community of Mental Health Hour, hashtag Mental Health Hour on Twitter, that I know are going to rally around you and give you all the support and all the encouragement. And I know when, you, when you're putting a little bit of your personal self out there, sometimes you just need to take lean on others a little bit yeah and I'm here to be lent on I know Dr. Mally Coyne as you said you're you're good friends with her we both are um and I know she's there to be lent on and anything you need from any of us you just you just shout oh shucks so QGE seriously yeah. thank you you're so welcome. um yeah no I am look I'm really looking forward to it it's just I suppose part of me as well because it was recorded for the whole day um I don't know what part's going to be shown not shown yeah um which is quite unusual but, you know, in saying that, I'm really looking forward to it. And we are actually, this is another very exciting bit, we have been invited on to walk in my shoes radio on Friday night between seven and nine. So excited, lads. I just want to say, this is the same station that has Jenny Green presenting. Seriously. Could we be more excited? Oh, man. But more importantly, it yeah. has Mally Coyne yes, presenting. Yes, it does. 
Yeah. Um, and Pat as well. I'm trying to think of Pat's second name. I can't know. O'Mahony. O'Mahony. That's, that's the one. one yeah. Pat O'Mahony one on so Twitter. So he's on at Pat O'Mahony one and Mally is at Dr. Mally Coyne. So we're going up to have a great chat about um, both CCRT, which is the suicide response team that we run. Yeah. Um, and also mental health hours. So you guys are all going to be with us yeah. in spirit, you know, because without you guys, it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked or taken off at all. Yeah. And we're very excited about it, aren't we? We are. We're so excited. And I suppose I want to clarify a thing as well, because we have mentioned it in the last two podcasts as well, um, the suicide responder work that we do. And I think some people who might not know about, they're like, what are these clowns on about? Like, So just a brief explanation yeah, yeah. of that is myself and Katrina co-founded two years ago um, a suicide intervention team, and it's called Community Crisis Response Team. And it's a non non-profit voluntary organisation. Um, and we have volunteers who are trained as suicide responders. So when we get word of somebody in suicidal distress, um, we dispatch two volunteers to their location. So I don't really want to go on about it too much because you'll hear more about it on Friday. But just to give an overview for people who don't know what we're on about, when we say CCRT, we're talking about community crisis response team. Completely. And I'm going to go a bit mushy on her now as well. For anyone that doesn't know me, the reason we set it up is because Twas Kayla saved me when I was suicidal so it's something we've done together when I recovered and we went to did our qualifications and courses and we're now delighted to be able to help people that were in the same situation we were in some years ago um so it is very important and we always encourage people to speak out because when I thought there was no hope for me you know there was and it's just that reaching hand is there for everyone and we've a website um www.ccrtireland.ie if you want to check it out you get more information on what we do um but yeah that's it so walk in my shoes we went completely off the rails there sorry yeah we did um no i'm really excited about i'm really looking forward do you know what i'm looking forward to kind of the most and i don't want to sound like i'm not looking forward to the radio because i am but is the road trip don't we always have the best road trips yeah we're looking for requests for the music on the way up okay if anyone has any special requests for the road trip music you know we might um, even put up a few snaps on our mental health hour do you reckon i might do it just for the laugh we could do yeah right a few stories type thing yeah yeah um that would be nice actually so if you think that's a good idea let us know mm-hmm. it'd be fantastic um have you anything else you want to go no i'm just conscious lads can you believe we're 21 minutes into the podcast already so we've about eight or nine minutes left so and i know we wanted to talk about anxiety yeah isn't it mm-hmm. um so something just quickly on that was in the sunday independence so that's yesterday's paper this has been recorded on monday um it said Dr. Gillian O'Brien, and she's the director of clinical governance at Jigsaw. Um, she's saying that anxiety is the number one reason why twelve to twenty-five year olds present at Jigsaw, which okay. is yeah the number we touched one on something reason. Yeah. last week. Yeah. Um, but what she's saying is that it's coming from Ireland's young culture is driven to anxiety by the rise of fear-based culture. So I didn't really know where she was going with this until I read it properly. But basically, you know how there is a technology dependence. Yes. Yeah. And we've spoken about this before. Um, And I see it with my younger cousins and young people in youth centres and stuff like that. They are addicted to their phones. But that's and I, I, I always said it's not their fault. That's the culture they were born into. If we were born at a time, like you remember when the Nokia 3310 came out, we were mm-hmm. all stuck to playing Snake. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't our fault. It was just a new thing. Um, so I actually, I, I feel for them because they get a bad rap. Millennials, they really do. Um, but what she was saying is that because news is so instant now, 
they're not getting the news from, say, the likes of Sky News or CNN or all this, where it's it's kind of tailored and it's spoken by professionals. I don't know how professional some of them are. But, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's spoken about in, in a realistic and kind of toned back setting. Mm. Whereas they're getting their news from Facebook. They're getting it right. raw. Yeah. They're getting it raw. So they're seeing these photos. That's the first thing that goes onto Facebook when news hits mm. is a photo of a bloody body or, you know, something really bloody drastic so straight away and you know as well as I do a picture will trigger an emotional response Mm -hmm. an emotional response to something scary is always going to trigger fear of course it is yeah you know what I mean and that's what I think she's trying to say I don't want to be putting words in her mouth but that's what I think she's getting at is that this fear is driving people to anxiety anxiety is just building in our young people now because of this constant pictures of this pictures of that and I just thought it was a really important point to bring up. Um, and as well as, and I'm going to emphasise the point again, millennials get an awful bad rap. They really they do. They do, but I don't know. I wouldn't be blaming it all on there. Like you were saying, yeah, it's phones and it's whatever. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't be blaming it on that. You know, mm-hmm. I see um, situations with different people now and they can't have their children booked into enough activities. Yeah, The children have time to sit down. That is true. From the time they can run, they're booked into football, hurling, camogie. They'll go to gymnastics. Followed by the gymnastics, they'll go on and do their horse yeah. riding. From there then, they might have an old snack bar or whatever. They'll go on and they'll do swimming. or they Like, where's the sit-down time? Yeah, that's very true. You know? Um, like, there's so many factors, you know? And then you look at, obviously, the societal impact. There's yeah. so many. Like, I don't know. I don't think you can say, you know, one thing causes everything. Yeah, no, and that's not what I'm trying to say. I don't, I don't know. I, and like I said, I don't want to be putting words in anybody's mouth, but I just thought it was an interesting point and I totally oh, yeah, agree. Totally. You can't make a blanket statement like that. Um, but the one thing as well in that, and this is something I've, I've spoken about before as well, is technology dependency is making it difficult for not just young people, but for us as well, um, to maintain real life connections with people. Oh yeah, absolutely. And do you know what I think is really sad is that, and people are going to laugh at me when I say this, but I think conversation is an art. Yeah. And it's an art that we're actually slowly losing. Completely. No, you I'd know, agree. I've, I've seen it um, in doctor's waiting rooms. You know, mm. now before it used to be in, how's your mother and Jesus, will you tell her I was asking? And you know, you'd have that yeah, big yeah, long yeah. conversation. I remember I was in a doctor's surgery once. I was only young, really quickly. And this old guy came in and sat next to me. Never seen him in mm. my life before. And he was all like, and how are you? And I was all, I'm grand. And how are you? And he goes, well, if you shook me, I'd rattle. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Yeah, yeah, but, you yeah. know, that was me as a young person engaging with somebody I never knew before. Yeah. Now I go into the doctor's surgery and I am as guilty as this of this as the next person. Straight away, I will take out my phone just so I do not have to make eye contact with anyone. Yeah. I don't have to speak to someone. It's like, I don't want you to ask me how I am. I don't know you. Get away from me. Yeah, It's yeah. like a fear thing. Completely, yeah. And that's what, I, that's what I mean when I say we're losing the art of conversation. Yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that. What do you think? It's a terror when you're kind of waiting for a power cut for an opportunity to sit around the fire and have a cup of tea and a I chat. Know. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. And I think that's the age we're living in now where, you know, it's like, you know, everyone cheers and the lights go out. Yeah. And it's you sit down by the candles and by the fire and you cook a pot noodle on top of the stones well that's Maybe not that's everyone just us, us. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um in general going all bear grills but yeah. um yeah like i mean and then the power comes on you go oh yeah and it is that and i know from as well and it's you're after actually reminding me some of the best times in my life and i've said this to you before and some of the most happiest memories i have 
are the times I've spent in Connemara mm-hmm. in the Gaeltacht because and I went every year I'm an Irish fanatic for those who don't know me and I love Connemara I love Irish culture um, and I mean we weren't allowed to watch television just something we weren't allowed to do up there because obviously advertisements and stuff would be in English and I remember that time in the evening was spent sitting around the kitchen table with Irish traditional music playing because obviously there's no lyrics in yeah. it so you can't you can't speak English but and you know a little small child then, the Banantese child would come in and do a little dance or she'd sing a song or somebody would read some Irish poetry and we'd tell stories and, you know, the far auntie, the man of the house would come in. Yeah. And he'd tell you stories from long ago and it was just some of the most wonderful, wonderful memories that I have Yeah. are actually when technology were gone, was gone, was not there. And now when I think that I come home, I sit on the couch and I'm straight in checking the news on my phone. Yeah, like you think of the whole thing of yarns, you know, you'd hear my father yeah. saying, I heard a yarn the other day. Yeah. And, you know, you'd wonder the the youngsters coming up along now, what will they remember? You know, one of the things I cherish from my grandparents was knowing the recipes that my nana used to make. Mm. And, you know, that's kind of slowly but truly weaning out. But there's it things is. we can do to keep it there as well, you know. There is. Um, but yeah, no, I totally get you. It is yeah. an art. Absolutely an art. And that's, I just wanted to highlight it. And as well, as I'm thinking here and as we're talking, this is probably... Mm the one part of the week where the two of us sit down, no phones, no TV, no music, yeah. and we actually have a conversation. And it's funny because we're using technology to do that. That's weird. It is weird. It's like an inception kind of a thing. I went, lads, wasn't that unreal there, the way I made the connection with that? You didn't make the connection with the USB and the microphone <laughs> at the start, did you? Are you going to leave that down yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Our time is nearly up, kid. I was less than a minute. Have you is. any last word? What's it Jerry Springer says? Final thought of the evening or what's it? Yeah, I don't know. I know that Ellen says, uh, be good to yourself and to everyone else. No, that's not what she says, but it's that's a long Jerry Springer, pretty Is close. <laughs> well, I want to thank everyone that's yeah. tuned in today um, and have an absolutely deadly mental health week. Um, we look forward to hearing all about it on Sunday night. Um, if you are going to events, please use the hashtag mental health hour if you're posting that and so we can keep, you know, retweeting and checking things out and maybe there'll be some cool content there for Sunday night as well. Yeah, and as always, any questions, comments or feedback or topics you want discussed maybe in the coming weeks, do pop us an email and it's Kayla at mentalhealthhour.com. Excellent. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye.